to the second hour of Weekly Dish. Thanks, Dishers, for hanging out. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And uh, we are, you know, doing the thing where we talk about food and all that kind of good stuff. It's the holiday show right before the holiday break. And hopefully you guys are out. Apparently, this is the busiest shopping day of the year, everyone says. So it's good that I'm going shopping later, which is terrifying. Okay, I have not done an ounce of grocery shopping oh, gr- i was gonna say you've done all the shopping we've already talked about that yeah no i haven't done an ounce of grocery shopping i still have presents to wrap i have literally and i'm not exaggerating 170 meatballs to make yes you do i know this about you um what else do i have to do like i am just hyperventilating thinking about all the things i need to get accomplished in the next three days in the next well let me help you out with a couple things okay in in the form of top two and hour two. Oh, let's give me the old one all right, this is the time of the show that we talk about a couple things that might be uh, a slightly obsessive for us or things we are loving this week. So I'm going to go first. Okay. My first one is going to be Meteor, actually. <gasps> the bar, is the it The new open? bar. Meteor Bar is now open in the former Donnie Dirk's Zombie Den, if you want to think about it that. If you're way, if you're in in Hanson's and my demographic, we're going to call it Stand Up Franks. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're, we're not, that's about our, that's about our frame of reference. In fact, there is a name carved into the wall it says Steph, and there's an S that I used to make, and I can't remember if I carved my name in the wall or not, but it looks like I did. That's funny. I know. I know. So I thought that was pretty great. But anyway, uh, Meteor Bar is now open. Rob Jones, Elliot Manthe, cute little slip of a dive bar, like 40 seats. Um, they've got booths, you know, along the wall, and they've got bar stools against the bar. Really cool. It's just it's such a good old bar vibe. And I'm just telling you the drinks, every drink I had was delicious, and I drank a lot of those drinks <laughs> when I was there. So oh, that makes me laugh. I know it was good, and I and I'm all about the boilermakers now. I'm all about the boilermakers, which of course which is is what a is beer a beer and a shot. It's that's a beer what and a I bump. thought. Okay, but that's a, a big bump, thing. A, what do they used to call those? A hump and a bump, or a, a beer, whiskey just and a beer and a bump, beer and a bump, beer and a bump. I like hump and bumps. I know you do <laughs> like hump and bumps. Apparently, okay. So anyway, it's over there. It's open at 4 p.m. Uh, daily. It's except for Tuesdays. I and think. no food. No food. Well, I mean, they have like waffles. There's like a waffle maker there. Sure. And you can get bar pizza. They have Moochie's bar pizza. I like it. So, but it's not like a place you're going for dinner. In fact, you should go somewhere for dinner and then come there and have your drinks and spend the rest of your evening there. I like it. Yeah. And they are open Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. You guys. Okay. Yeah. Mine happens to be What's your a. First one? holiday spritz you know i like my spritzes you like your spritz um they have a holiday spritz that they have it at red cow and then i saw them demo it on care 11 it's a big like goblet wine goblet with ice in it and it has cranberries cinnamon stick cassis white wine something else and it's red and sparkly oh it's red and effervescent oh oh Wait, so cranberries or cranberry juice? Cranberries floating in it. Floating in white wine with... Cassis. Cassis. Oh, Cassis would do it. That's a... And there's sparkling wine in there, too. Cassis is a blackberry liqueur, I believe. It's delicious. Felaine and I, we all met for a happy hour drink. She's our old business partner, and we ordered them, and they were just deliciously festive. Good. I'm into festive drinks you right are. now. You are. You're happy. I've had a Merry few. cocktails. <laughs> so it's the holiday spritz. It's beginning to feel a lot like cocktails. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, my second one is going to be a throwback that is sort of one of those things that I just... 
sometimes you have to go back and, you know, visit the gems that you've loved. And it's hard for me. We all, I mean, like people are like, what's your favorite place? I'm like, I don't really, I'm not kind of allowed to have a favorite place because right. you got to get to all of them. I know. And I don't ever, Just Fleming and I were talking about that. We don't really get to go hang out too often. So I went back to Isles Bun and Coffee. Oh, and I love I'm that just going to say that cinnamon bun I mean, and I had the caramel bun because the cinnamon buns were going to be another 20 minutes and I was not about to wait for that. I mean, I would have. I just didn't have time. But Isles Bun and Coffee is this cute little place on 28th and um, and Hennepin. And it is, uh, it's been there since 1993, which shocked me. I didn't yeah. realize it had been there that long. And they make the biggest cinnamon buns and the biggest caramel rolls. And you can, I often pick them up to bring them to the office and then I win everything because they're so delicious and warm and they're perfect. They're can I tell perfect. you another thing there that you probably haven't ordered that's fantastic? Because I say fantastic. You do love fantastic. Um, the scones. Yes, I've had the scones. They're in like I've a sheet pan. Yes. They're not like those rock hard no. lumps that are dry <laughs> and gross that you get everywhere. Yeah. And to be clear, those cinnamon rolls and the caramel buns, they are the size, like, you cannot hold them in one hand, almost. It's so, they're so big. The scones are the same way. Like, they're these huge, like, triangle scones. It's almost like coffee cake. Yeah, it is. And they're soft and beautiful. And, of course, the puppy dog tails. If I don't say puppy dog tails, we're going to get a lot of emails. All right. What's your second one? Okay. This is sort of a <laughs> random one, but... Okay. There's a local Minnesota company that a friend of mine started and then sold it. It used to be Veritas, and now it's called Pranarum. Wait, wait, wait. Say it again. Pranarum. Okay. It is an essential oil that you can buy at Lakewinds Co-op or other co-ops, and it is called Just Pain Relief, okay? Yep. So it's a little bottle, and it has a roll-on ball on the top. And it's like a peppermint, like analgesic. Yeah. So you rub that on any sore points that you have, like whether you have a sore back or a sore shoulder. And it comes in a little roller ball, so you just keep it in your purse. Yeah. You smell good when you wear it. You smell menthol-y and minty, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, I like minty. But, like, I do a lot of kickboxing, and I just always have this little spot in my back that if I move the wrong way, it's like, <laughs> and if I rub that stuff on there every day, I can totally manage it. So if a lot of people have like holiday stress and backaches and things happening right now, because we're pretty stressed out people. Yeah. This is not food, but it's delicious and it makes you feel good. It's just pain relief is what it's called. Okay. Pranarum is the name of the brand and it's made in Minnesota and it's an essential oil that you rub on. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Um, Hey, listen up, you guys. We have over on the Facebook page a question. Our question of the day is uh, it's going to lead us into the next question topic so i thought i'd just kind of tease it up which is what are you most excited about eating at christmas slash your holiday feast because you know it's prime rib season yes it is i have mine coming you do but it's also eating rollos from a stocking all day season it is those are both the same season (laughs) i've done a little bit of that too i'm not gonna lie i've eaten a lot of candy and cookies the last week so heather our friend heather says my dad's homemade french onion soup dutch lettuce salad not your mom's green bean casserole whipped potatoes and prime rib dutch lettuce salad i know what's that look it up uh jennifer says fondue on new year's eve it's been a tradition in our family for 16 years and our kids love it i love that chris hayes says my brother makes a christmas dinner leftovers breakfast burrito breakfast burrito that can't be beat prime rib that horseradish sauce and cheese and potatoes all wrapped up with egg salsa and more cheese that that, that sounds, sounds like delish. i need it now like i need it now 
Our friend Melissa says tamales. Of yes, course. Love that. I've eaten a lot of tamales too. I bet you have. Um, Natalie says, I can't wait for our New Year's Eve tradition with our neighbors. Smoked lobster tails and filet mignon. Well done. Smoked. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting. Terry's with you on the Swedish meatballs and lefsa. Yep. Um, we got a lot of people who are like, Everyone brings favorite appetizers. Um, we're having what we were calling the horse holiday, which is full of horse divorce. Horse doovers. <laughs> that happens on Sunday. And yes. I'm making a new meatball recipe from the Midwest table. Ooh. Amy Thielen's cookbook. Okay. Yeah. Everyone's like, why don't you just buy the meatballs? I'm like, I don't buy meatballs. Okay. I yeah. make them. Yes. I have a show called The Weekly Dish. Yes. We make food. We make food. <laughs> Not Thank buying you. a meatball. No, that would be, I would, I, know, I, I like would have to shame like, you. No, I am going to make a meatball. I would shame you. Um, Julie says she's doing a taco bar on Christmas Day. And Fun. I am, and she, and I mean, like, I kind of am too. You know, Stephanie loves a good bar. I know. I'm doing a taco bar, but I'm basically doing a pork bar. Let's be honest. Because of course we got our, Pork shares. We did the get pigs a pork came. share. Yep. Half the pigs. My freezer is full to the top. Mm-hmm. Mine but is I got still it all in my garage. <laughs> it is? It's fine. It's freezing in my garage. Yeah. So you it's guys, fine. we got so much. Yeah. We have, we each got half a hog. Our friend Joy Summers also got a half a hog. And we picked them up. Actually, Dana brought them up. Uh, She's so nice. And her husband, Nick. Burtness, and they, um, we do have a podcast that will launch from them that we sat down with them and talked all about. I think the it'll pace. drop today. Our producer's gonna put it out there today. Great, and it was, uh, and it, so yeah, so I'm basically doing a pulled pork situation that lives on my table, and then we'll have. I'm actually gonna take the pork out of the oven and then sit it on the table, and we're all gonna pull at it ourselves. That way, you get the parts that you want, and it's hot, and it's. Oh, I can't wait. <sighs> going to be so good so it's going to be a pork shoulder and pork butt i'm doing both of those cuts in there because we need a lot of it what is the difference between a shoulder it's just the same, and a butt it's just like the top or the bottom part of the leg okay yeah and and we should talk a little bit about those kind of things because as we go through our pieces you know knowing where your pork is located on the pig is kind of was kind of interesting too because i just found out that a pork loin is actually the same as a pork chop yes yeah. It's part of the chop. Like you, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. there's. I mean, there's all that stuff. That's so interesting. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. We're going to come back and we're going to talk more about Christmas dinner or brunch or whatever you got coming up for the holiday. We're talking holiday feast meals. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. It's looking a lot like cocktails. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. I put that on my Facebook page. Oh, you did? Yeah, it's beginning to look a lot like cocktails, and there's like a retro picture of a lady, and it came up as a memory from like five years ago. Oh, my God, somebody else was singing it the other day, and that's why I have it, so there must be something in the universe. Yep. Well, there is. It's called the holiday season, and it is upon us like crazy, and there are people... Like on our Facebook page, feel free to go and hang out and add your uh, feelings of what you're most excited to eat for this for this holiday season. It could be a ham. It could be breakfast. There's a brunchy situation happening. I do love a good egg bake. I know. My family doesn't, so I don't get to have that on Christmas morning, but you could make a small egg bake. For yourself. Or just myself. Yeah, just like in a loaf pan. I could. You know, I know. I was thinking like, you could do that. I've made they personal like things for people like, Personal you know, pan egg bake. Well, I made like personal lasagna for Matt because he won't doesn't like cheese, you know, so yep. I put, I made him a veggie lasagna without cheese. I find it fascinating you have a child that doesn't like cheese. He, he does like cheese now. He's he's okay. He, okay. Went to, he went to college in Wisconsin and came back fixed. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. He actually ate all the, can- he ate all the Rush Creek Reserve at, at Thanksgiving. That's funny because so. I have a wheel of it that I need to break out. Oh my god! I've had it for a while, and it's it's needing to get oh, served. Good lord, I can't wait. Um, 
So we're talking about Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. You're rolling meatballs. You're making like a million meatballs. I'm rolling meatballs. I I did put a recipe up. I talked about it on Jason's show because I filled in this week. We have this very traditional Swedish dinner. So we make Swedish meatballs. Yeah, Hansen's potatoes, which are some kind of a scallop potato that has anchovies in it. A beet salad. Lefsa, lingonberries. Horseradish um, is the beet salad. I We also make these artichokes, which are sound weird. It's like artichokes that are the quartered hearts. Yeah. Not cut smaller. Right. Mixed with butter, cream cheese, and Parmesan cheese and chives. And you bake it. Yeah. But it's like a side because they're chunky. They're big. They're not like a dip. Yeah. So that's a dish that we make that that's we great. only have once a year. That's pretty delicious. I did put the <laughs> recipe up. Did you see there's a there's a video floating around on Facebook, which was um, I think Meyer posted it first was like this this news anchors. How this woman brought in her yes. holiday dish. It was it was artichoke heart dip and she it was horrible. Somehow it was so vinegary. I don't think she maybe rinsed or no, no, she didn't. She used pickled artichokes and it was so it. called for fresh artichokes. Gross. And so she ends up with this creamy dip that is just like beyond beyond. Beyond vinegary and tart and not really thing. Should we give it a shot? Okay, let's see if Julie is on the line. She's got something to say. Hi, Julie. Hi. Yay! You're our first call with the new system. Amen. It worked. All right. So hopefully you can help me out here. So I'm making a seafood lasagna. Okay. And the noodles are, no, you know, oven-ready noodles. Yeah. Yep. And I'm, it's big, so I'm using two boxes. One box says add a half a cup of water per five noodles, and the other one doesn't say anything about adding water, but here's our recipe for no-boil lasagna. Oh. I don't want it to be soggy, but I don't want it to be dry. So wait, what's, what else is in it? Is you're doing a seafood lasagna? What, what other it's liquid is in there? a seafood lasagna with a bechamel sauce and sautéed, um, you know, shrimp, mussels, scallops. It's fabulous, but I've never made it, and I... Um, so it's, you know, the basic cheese sauce, um, yeah. regatta and spinach and all the mozzarella and parm. I think if you're doing bechamel, you're, you're okay. I don't think, I think if you were just doing like dry cheese, you know, and, or I mean, and tomato sauce. I, I, it got kind of thick. So I added the water that kind of came out of the seafood when I sauteed it. Yeah. Cause it was looking thick. And then do you cover it with foil or not? I definitely cover it with foil for the first 45 minutes or, you it know, for the say that either. And I'm like, I thought I've done it before. And yeah. I think most every lasagna I've ever done, I cover with foil for the first portion and then I undo it and brown the top just because okay. if they're noodles, especially, and I do that if it's fresh or baked, you know, across the board, I've done it that way. All and, right. um, um, I would say too, if you don't do that, if you see it browning too much on the top, then you just tend put foil on it at that point. Well, I was thinking of to cover it so but the it moisture helps stays in. Steam it a little sure bit more. Oh, I cooked. see what you're saying. Yeah, if you're not, not using noodles. Yeah, if your noodles are not cooked, I would definitely cover it because that helps the steamy and that's going to keep it moister than to just be a dry bake. But don't add water. <sighs> I, would, I feel weird about. Little. I feel weird about I know, adding water. One box says add add water, and the other one doesn't. One like, is saying add water to your to your sauce, like into the pan, like it's all assembled, and then oh, I don't want to add water. I know. Oh it God, says so add weird. a half cup of water or milk for every five lasagna noodles new, used, then cover with foil and bake. I might but add a like, quarter cup, and I might <laughs> just compromise and wing it. Right? I might just sprinkle it around the outside of the. Yeah. Can I be honest? I would boil the noodles ahead of time and then well, just it's use too late because yeah, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> I I I don't want to mess up, so I would be like 
you know, forget it. I'm just going to boil the noodles. And then it's like, are they going to get soggy if they're no bake? Yeah. yeah, The no bakes are always a weird one. They get a little chewy on the end for me. So I don't, I don't usually, I usually boil them. I'm going to say I'm going to go with Stephanie, but that's both of you. That is. You're never going to lose. And we'll let you know how it works. And then make sure you let it stand so that it sets up. Okay. And that water will be reabsorbed. Okay. We have Sally on the line. Hi, Sally. Apple Valley. Are you from Apple Valley? I am not. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> well, they're playing in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's well, going on today? You, well, you might have answered my question, but I wanted to make homemade uh, mac and cheese, but when I looked at the crock pot, it said I had to boil the noodles before, and I'm like, well, that's not really helping me. And I do have an Instapot, so I wanted to figure out which way it would be best. Um, there is a recipe for instant pot macaroni and cheese. That's pro- quite good. But if you're wanting to do it in the crock pot, you can't put hard noodles in there and make it in the crock pot like that. You're going to have to do those on the stove. Okay. I did not know that. That's what I was curious about. Yeah. And and by the way, unless you're making it in the crock with the really cheesy sauce that stays like if you're making a bechamel, I would just boil the noodles and not make it in the crock pot. I might exactly. That's what I thought when I read the recipe. No... I was like, "Well, what's the point?" Yeah, you're not saving any time, and I think it will be better yeah. if you get that crunchy top. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. You All bet. right, Sally. Have a great one. All Sally right. Bellplane. Sally Bellplane. Um, I wanted to talk about the quick. I wanted to make sure that you guys we had that discussion about the roast or the the reverse sear if you're using the prime rib, which I did put a link up to discuss it. Um, you know the re- the reverse sear tech has changed my entire like beef cooking world because understanding there's it seems like so ridiculous that we didn't think about this before. But basically, you want to go really slow and low to get the meat to the temp that you want it to, and it goes slow and it gets there in its own time and the juices and everything else kind of gel perfectly and then you take it out to rest so that it all comes together and you're going to rest it anyway you know and then you stick it back in the oven and you turn on you know you turn your broiler way way up and you do just this quick sear so that you get the outside fat gets that crisp gorgeousness to it and then you're done that's it it does take a long time but and you do have to monitor it but you get a beautifully pink Prime rib, no gray, none of that gray stripe that is so gross. <laughs> I like. I always end up with the gray stripe. Do you really? <laughs> but I think we're gonna change it this year because we're not eating till five because my sister has to work. Yeah. So like, I have all day to make this prime rib. So I'm gonna just do that. I'm just gonna tell you, Tim McKee is calling me right now, and I'm gonna shame him on air. Because Tim McKee, he you should are, turn his like, radio on. Yeah, you should be this listening is a to horrible this show. Thing. We have a show, Tim McKee. <laughs> He's probably inviting you to some fancy party. Well, then I will say thank you for calling. Yes. But right now. <laughs> At least it's not our children. I know. All right. So the other things are, uh, there's some great holiday appetizers. I'm putting up a couple of things by Delish because I love their wide range of things because you can look through, like they have a 60 best, you know, holiday recipes. They have a perfect prime rib. They've got these little beef tenderloin things that you want to do too. But then they've got these cute little like pull apart Christmas tree, a cheesy dough Thing I like you, those. Those are fun. I know. You need to have fun at the holidays. Like, like it can't all be exactly. Don't. I guess our biggest thing is don't sweat it. Like it's the holidays. It's the same thing. What's great about this is that it's not Thanksgiving, so it's like it doesn't all have to happen right at That's the same right. time. You can make it roll. All right. All right. When we come back, I'm gonna tell you about my kitchen, and I'm gonna quiz Stephanie on some of her best eating experiences for the year. 
And you're listening to Weekly Dish. There it is. To the weekly dish not to talk about myself but let me talk about myself for a minute oh again yes so uh funny enough maddie o'reilly who was just here mm-hmm. uh bought the old house that i loved so much yeah and i had like such seller's remorse you did and then i got over it and i have a different house and i've been working on making this house good yeah and i made this house as good as i'm gonna make it except for one thing I bought new countertops when we moved in, and for whatever reason, I picked out these brown countertops that I thought would match with the brown floor, and then the rest of the kitchen was white, and I didn't want an all-white kitchen. Well, for three years, I've stared at these brown countertops, and they have really bugged. And when I try to take a picture of my food, it's the brown countertop, and it's just not good. Okay. So I keep saying to my husband, we need to get white, we need to get white. And he got just sick of me talking about it because I would bring it up every second. So he was like, fine, let's just do it. Like, let's just do it. I don't know. If we're going to stay in this house, we're going to move. It doesn't matter because you're just going to keep complaining until you get the white countertops. So I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. He goes, okay, so just go pick it out. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Can I just send you the picture of what Elizabeth Reese has? <laughs> So I send him the picture of what Elizabeth Reese has. And then he goes and he looks at it. He's like, okay, what Elizabeth Reese has looks really good in her house. But here's why I think it's maybe not going to be awesome in ours. Mm -hmm. We already have all this other white. So he was like, I think we should do this instead. So we pick out the white. Here's the complaining part. I, as you know, yesterday, you came over to my house to record a podcast. Mm -hmm. I had the microphones all set up. He's like, oh, are you recording today? Because they're coming to do the counters. Like, oh, today? Yeah. Yep. So yesterday they come, they install the counters. I have an Instagram story that shows the old counters and the new counters, and they are fantastic. They're so pretty. I cannot wait. But, like, I still don't have a sink. I'm like, come on, hurry up. I got things to do here. This is It is an odd choice of time. cooking time. I cannot get into my kitchen. It's an odd choice of time. And then he's got, like, a paint can. I'm like, why do you have a paint can? He's like, well, I was going to do some paint. I'm like, no, painting, no painting at holiday cooking time when I'm having like all of these cooking needs. No, your house needs to smell of cinnamon and vanilla, not of fumes. So he swore like today by one o'clock when I get home that I'll be able to use my kitchen. So we'll see, friends. Just stay tuned. Okay. But I will say, here's the moral to the story. You know, none of this stuff is cheap, right? It's not. Except for. If you don't like something in your kitchen, because I've remodeled like three of them now, I've remodeled bathrooms. Yeah. It really makes you feel better about your space. And so if it's something that's bugging you, try painting it. Try putting on new drawer pulls. If money isn't, there's a lot of things you can do that are inexpensive. Get a new rug. Like, take some time to invest in if you feel like it's going to make you happier in your space. Don't wait. Because it has made such a huge difference, just not only in this kitchen, but when I remodeled my last kitchen, I wanted to be in there. I wanted to cook more. I wanted to spend more time at home. So if you can do little things, do the little things. If you can do the bigger things, try and do the bigger things. It's worth it. It's fun. Good. Good. So there's that. So I have a new kitchen counter. Okay. Okay. Stephanie, the year-end tabulations and the year-end results are coming, and I just wanted to get a little bit of intel from you on some of your favorite things. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to quiz you. Oh, quiz. What? Hello? 
Uh, okay, sum up the year 2019. You just stopped, like we I know, shut the radio off. Sum up the year 2019 for the restaurant scene world in one word. This is not a quiz. There's no like right answers. I'm looking to write, have great answers. It's a write-in quiz, okay? okay, okay. It's like an essay quiz. Okay, an essay in one word. One word. Global. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Because we've had a lot of global flavors. That well, have come I just in. think that it's, that's no, I mean, and yeah, I just think it's like hyper regionality, but in the entire world. I was just going to say drunk <laughs> because there's been <laughs> so much emphasis on like alcohol, oh beer, wine, spirits, dry January, dry mocktails. Like, but then that's not drunk, right? I was, well, I would say almost like sober because that to me is like a little bit more of what seems to be happening. I, I don't know what you're doing over there. Sorry. Why are you feeling like you need to eat a candy cane right now when we're on the air? All right. Never okay. mind. What is your biggest dining grievance? If we're having the airing of the grievances for, for Krampus. Festivus. 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 Mm-hmm. What is your biggest grievance for 2019 in the dining scene? Um, My biggest grievance. Uh, I guess just people who don't care. I, I don't need you to bend over backwards service wise. I just need to think that you actually care about your job and you're here. And that, like, I'm not wasting your time sitting there. Like, that's my thing. A little bit of service. Yesterday, I had, uh, I just happened to sit at a bar and was having a drink with a friend before we went and did a really good thing. And I ordered a, first of all, they put the menus down with me. There were four other people in the bar. That's it. The whole place was open. And he, this guy, like, barely, he came over, like, 15, 20 minutes later and was like, did you want something? I'm like, yeah, I did. I want a Roselle. And then... And then I had a food menu, and it took him another 30 minutes to be like, did you want to eat something? I'm like, yeah, I, I did. And then, and then I had to flag him for the check, and then I had to like, and when he put the check down, he didn't even look at me. And then he picked it up and didn't even look at me again. Oh. And I was just like, sorry, I've taken up your space. <laughs> okay. I don't think I can ask you this. I'll ask you, and then I'll answer if you don't feel comfortable answering, because I don't want to put you in a weird spot. The question is, what was your best restaurant meal of 2019? Oh. And I feel like for I, you, that that's not hard. fair. It's like asking you which of your children you like no. best, but I'll tell you one of mine. Okay. I cannot stop thinking about the three meals I've had at Hyacinth. Yeah, on that's Grand fine. Avenue. I mean, like that works out. Yeah. Just fantastic pasta, really beautiful service. My husband has a weird allergy that's hard to explain, and they really bent over backwards to help him. Just the salads I had there, like, I don't really think about salads in a very memorable way, but they have very memorable salads Yeah, that hit on all the, like, crunch, acid, salt, like, just have all of that going on in a salad. Yeah. Um, I can say that I can tell you a few things that I really, but I mean, it's, it's funny because by the end of the year, you're only really thinking about the thing that was almost more recent. Like, it's hard to think back in June what I might have had that was wonderful. But don't you write them down? No. Like throughout the year? Mm-mm. Oh, I do. Like yep. I'll make little notes about best dishes. No. Um, Actually, I'll look in my phone while you're answering. Okay. <laughs> Back to that. <laughs> um, I, th- for me, it was about snack bar, the Isaac Becker place. That was the one that I had the most recent moment where I was like, wow, this is a really spectacular dish. And it was that, that sous vide pork with, uh, with tonnato sauce, which is a, uh, Italian sort of tuna sauce and it with capers. And it was just that bite of unexpected beautifulness that was sort of like that technique of it wasn't very fussy in terms of presentation, but understanding that the concert of flavors and the way it all came together was just I mean it was perfect and beautiful that was one but then I can also say that like the empanadas that I had from Boludo 
are something that every time I take a bite of them, I'm like, oh my God, I need to eat more empanadas. And like, how come I can't have them right now and right here? So I do love like those kind of things. Here's a note I have. Agnolotti at Bardo filled with goat cheese, peas, and bacon lardon. Yeah, those are good. I did like those. Yep. Yep. Dishes of the year is kind of interesting. I do think that there are things and... I know that I could say that Demi, you know, having the food at Demi was oh, spectacular. Oh, was it ever. And that beautiful little apple gelée, you know, jello salad kind of thing. And then again, at Travail, like the Solera dinner, there was a chicken dish that I can't even remember what it was all about, but it was amazing. And, or maybe that was at the, that was at the Araiga one. But I'm excited for all of that. I'm excited for Travail to open up. That Travail experience that I had was really memorable, too. Yeah. And I had something at Demi that was, like, served in a little um, nest. Yeah. That was just one of the most beautiful dishes yeah. I've ever seen. Exactly. Um, And just, yeah. So we're lucky because we have a lot of great food. So much great food. In and then town. I had some kimchi fried rice at Union Kitchen, you know, with Yi Vang. I oh. had that. And that is that is that blows your mind in a whole different way. That you know? Kamayan feast is yeah. something I totally want to do in the next year. Yeah. Um. All right. Here is, let's see. What were your favorite restaurant standbys of 2019? And maybe not like favorite restaurants, but like places that have been around for a while that you've continued to just have like good experiences to give love to some of the classics. Well, I mean, I would say classics is not so classic because, but it's been around. I was just thinking that lap 14, I was having a discussion with how they are getting so much press. And I'm like, they've been around for like a year already, you know, and such. And I just, I love them. And I think they do everything great. So that's been, uh, that's a close one, but it's again, it's harder for me because I don't get to go back as often to things, but, um, I liked, um, this is a weird one because it's a dive bar, but I think the experience that you get at Bullshorn. At Bullshorn? Yeah. Is so, did you say Bullshorn? I did because I made the two words together. Oh, okay. I didn't Bullshorn, know if you thought that it no, was Bullshorn. I just was. Which is wrong. a whole other cool logo, <laughs> potentially. Um, that is just a fun place to go get a tap beer. Yeah. Have a burger. Great have burgers. a little bit of those chickens. Yeah. They have great chicken wings. And just you have a fun experience in a neighborhood bar. Yeah. And I think that I most of the places that I ate for for the burger issue last August, that was kind of my I got to go back to some throwbacks, you know. And I mean, eating at Lion's Tap is one of those things like the boys and I like to go. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of magical and awesome to just kind of go do that and and have a solid burger. And you don't have to ever question it. I never have to worry. I know it's going to be a good time. You know what else is really like stands out on my list is Willard's in Cambridge. Yeah. That chicken sandwich that we had up there and the burger and this really super delicious Bloody Mary. Yeah. Jake and I are heading up there for sure over Christmas break because he wants to try that burger. And I was yeah. like, God, I haven't been in a while. So, And there's a it's in the Leaders um, Department store, so there's a little shopping that can be had there, too. It's just a fun yeah. drive. We had a good time there. Yeah, it was really nice. Was you know really what nice. else, too? What? Like, I think that the lobster roll from Smack Shack is like perhaps one of the world's most perfect foods. Is it? Every time I have that lobster roll, I just love it so much. Yeah. It's always good, whether it's at the 1029 or Potluck or Smack Shack. I don't know what it is about that combination of that grilled, griddled milk milk toast bread and yeah. the lobster roll. It's a little anisette tasting and yep. just... I just love a lobster roll. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Um, I would say that if I thought about uh, more again that idea of solids, I would say that Zen Box has been a solid, and so has you, yeah. the Unideli at United Noodle. And I know that I 
the like the teens are so all about that, but it's so good and it's so. And John and Lena have been in Japan just recently from Zenbox, and they are going to pull out some crazy cool stuff. I'm very excited about. Yeah, I'm place. excited about Yumi opening and on. Uh, yeah, you should be. Yeah, it'll, it'll be great. Be fun. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You guys, when we come back. We're going to wrap it up for you, and then we're going to start our holiday. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> yes. This is the weekly dish. Welcome back to the weekly dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen here with my friend Stephanie March, and it's time to wrap up and give you our holiday greetings because we're going to be off next week and have a replay. If you didn't hear the Thanksgiving show, that's the show we're going to replay, and there's a lot of good stuff in there, just good recipes, things to think about for entertaining that I thought was really a fun show. And um, Okay, so we think we've been on... I keep stretching it every year. I think we're like up to 25 years. Okay, how many years have you worked at Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine? Do you know? I like 2008 is when I started there. So I mean, then 10 would be 2018, 1920. Yeah. We're 12 years. Okay. We're going into our 13th year, okay. which is the magic 13, the lucky 13. The lucky 13. Well, I have two children born on the 13th of a month. So, yeah. So it's going to be a lucky year for us. Yeah. Um, I feel like we should just thank you dishers yes. for spending your Saturdays with us. Yes. Both Stephanie and I have the privilege of bringing you our tips and tricks and just fun things that interest us in the food world every weekend. And that's really a gift. It is a gift. And we don't take it for granted. No. Sometimes we're a little flip, but we really appreciate spending our Saturdays with you. Sometimes we're a little tired from the rest of the life. But I mean, the gift of coming here and being able to share. And, you know, yeah, sometimes we're at different levels. Sometimes I'm at a six. Sometimes, sometimes I'm at a 12. You're at a 12. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes in the way that it does. And especially the work that you've been doing in the mornings. I know that we have a lot more listeners because of what you've been sharing on Jason. And I appreciate that as well. Oh, good. Yeah, I hope so. I think we do. I think it looks like on the Facebook people comment and they've loved listening to you. So I just appreciate everybody who tunes in or listens to the podcast or just wants to learn and open the pathways to better eating and drinking. Yeah. And we're not here to judge and we're not here to tell you you shouldn't be eating something. No, We're just going to open that doorway for you. And if you want to step through it with us. Yeah. Great. We yeah. welcome you. And if you just think it's fun and entertaining to listen, we welcome that too. And if you hate listening, I mean, do what you got to do. Yeah, because <laughs> there's good Stephanie and the bad Stephanie. There is good Stephanie and bad Stephanie. And it flips. Yes, we it do flips. swap places on yeah. occasion. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too, since doing more TV this year and stuff, you've done TV for a long time. Yeah. I feel like people are approaching me more and saying like, oh, I watch you on this show and I hear you on the radio. And I really enjoy meeting all of you out there. Yeah. So if you ever see me... You don't feel like you can't talk to me. Like one lady was like, I'm making your cookies tomorrow. I was like, that personally literally almost makes me cry. It gives yeah. me so much joy that something I shared feels important enough for you to go on that journey with me. Yeah. So with it's that, uh, mm-hmm. thanks to our sponsor. Uh, thanks to sponsors. El Burrito was last year. Lake Winds is going to be this year. And we do have some sponsor openings. If you're at all interested, just give us a shout. Yep. Our listeners are very responsive to sponsors and buy stuff from them. And we're grateful for them. And we're also grateful for Stephanie's annual reading of the Bob Cratchit Christmas. The Bob Cratchit Christmas Feast. Ready? Here we go. Such a bustle ensued that you might have thought a goose the rarest of all birds, a feathered phenomenon to which a black swan was a matter of course. And in truth, it was something very like it in that house. Mrs. Cratchit made the gravy ready beforehand in a little saucepan, hissing hot. 
Master Peter mashed the potatoes and with incredible vigor. Miss Belinda sweetened up the applesauce. Martha dusted the hot plates. Bob took Tiny Tim beside him in a corner at the table. The two young Cratchits set chairs for everybody, not forgetting themselves, and mounting guard upon their posts, crammed spoons into their mouths, lest they should shriek for goose before their turn came to be helped. At last, the dishes were set on, and grace was said. It was succeeded by a breathless pause as Mrs. Scratchit, looking slowly all along the carving table, along the carving knife, prepared to plunge it into the breast. But when she did, and when the long-expected gush of stuffing issued forth, one murmur of delight rose around the table. And even Tiny Tim, excited by the two young Cratchits, beat on the table with his handle of his knife and feebly cried, Hurrah! There never was such a goose. Bob said he didn't believe there ever was such a goose cooked. Its tenderness and flavor, size and cheapness were the themes of universal admiration. Eked out by applesauce and mashed potatoes, it was a sufficient dinner for the whole family. Indeed, as Mrs. Cratchit said with great delight, surveying one small atom of bone upon the dish, they hadn't ate it all particular, with steeped in sage and onion to the eyebrows. But now, the plates being changed by Miss Belinda, Mrs. Cratchit left the room alone, too nervous to bear witness, to take the pudding up and bring it in. Suppose it should not be done enough. Suppose it should break in turning out. Suppose somebody should have gone over the wall of the backyard and stolen it while they were married with the goose and supposition at which the two Cratchits became livid. All sorts of horrors were supposed. Hello, a great deal of steam. The pudding was out of the copper. A smell like washing day. This was the cloth. The smell like an eating house and a pastry cook's next door to each other with a laundress's door next to that. That was the pudding. In half a minute, Mrs. Cratchit entered, flushed by smiling proudly, with the pudding like a speckled cannonball, so hard and firm, blazing in half of a half of a quarter of ignited brandy and bedight with Christmas holly stuck on the top. Oh, a wonderful pudding, Bob, Catch- Bob Cratchit said, and calmly, too, that he regarded it as the greatest success achieved by Mrs. Cratchit since their marriage. Mrs. Cratchit said that now the weight was off her mind, she would confess she had her doubts about the quantity of flour. Everybody had something to say about it, but nobody said or thought that it was at all a small pudding for such a large family. It would have been flat heresy to do so. Any Cratchit would have blushed at the hint of such a thing. At last the dinner was done. The cloth was cleared, the hearth swept, the fire made up, the compound in the jug being tested and considered perfect, apples and oranges were put upon the table, and a shovel full of chestnuts on the fire. Then all the Cratchit family drew round the hearth in what Bob Cratchit called a circle, meaning half of one, and at Bob Cratchit's elbow stood the family display of glass, two tumblers, and a custard cup without a handle. <laughs> these, these held the hot stuff from the jug, however, as well as golden goblets would have done, and Bob served it out with beaming looks, with the chestnuts on the fire sputtering and cracking noisily. Then Bob proposed... A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us, which each family re-echoed. God bless us Every all. Every one, said Tim, the last of all. Ciao, ciao, friends. Ciao, ciao, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays and a great New Year. And here's to 2020. A great 2020, yes. Did I break too early? Yeah, I don't you even are, know. We have like three minutes left. Okay. <laughs> so that was too bad because I'm tearing up. I know you are. You're tearing up. <laughs> Leave it to us to leave you with the holiday greeting this too is early. Perfect. It's like par for our, <laughs> the course. I, well, last year we, I think last year two years ago we got cut, cut off, off in the middle of it. So. That's right. There it is. Now we know. All right. 
What uh, do you are you gonna have a word for the New Year stuff? Uh, I don't know. I yeah. I, I like think, an intention word. Well, you know, my always has been to expand and never contract. So we always add. Well, that's we easy never for take us. Away. We just expand. Yes, I'm currently <laughs> expanding all the time in our bots. Yes, in every in every space. But New Year's Eve, I think, is a tradition that is a fun one, and I'm going to be doing you know my burn party and things like that, which help cleanse and reset and re you know your intentions for the year. And I think in terms of making resolutions, you guys, again, it's that thing where it's just better to kind of uh, make, give yourself promises and give yourself intentions and not make it so much of like that you're taking things out of your life. Yeah. Remember I had balance one year. I had quiet another year. Mm -hmm. I haven't figured out what my word for this year is. It might be abundance. Oh, like sharing. That's good. I don't know. That's a nice one. I'm thinking about what the word is going to be. But if you guys have ideas for words. Yeah. I'm open. Okay. You're looking for word help. Well, and Elizabeth Reese is always good. She's always got big words and meaningful words and mm-hmm. maybe and just, intentions. Yeah, yeah. Things to think about as we go into the new year. So, uh, Dishers, it's been great. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to next year and all of the possibility that the new year holds on this winter solstice, the shortest right. day of the year. Yep. Just remember, we're climbing out from here, friends. I know. I know. And everybody can just look forward to good things and do good in the world. And be safe, be kind, be nice, be gentle to yourselves, and enjoy a deliciously long holiday. I'll be back on Monday and Tuesday morning before we break. Will for the you holiday. really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jace isn't heading out uh, on vacation until after Tuesday. So we'll spend your Monday and your Tuesday with you, and then we're out. Okay, everybody. See you Happy next year. Happy Christmas. Merry holidays. And-